All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. everybody welcome to dropping the gloves and we're back tim what a what a weekend what a whirlwind isn't it hasn't it been it's just been it's been the best weekend of hockey that i can remember in in recent memory since i retired i want to say it was incredible since 1992 we haven't had this many game sevens we had six in 1992 we had five five game sevens in two days and every single game was a good game well, barring one, potentially, and we'll, we'll get into that. It's, it's a little sore spot for you, I would imagine. Still, every single game, Tim, was down to the wire. It was back and forth. It was controversial. There was moments where I thought both teams were going to win, and we're here. We've whittled down the playoffs from 16 teams to eight. We're going to break into the predictions maybe midway through the show. But for now, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Because you were on Friday just over the moon. You were excited. The Bruins had won game six. They were flying high. Everything was rosy. And then game seven hit. And it was the tale of the series, Tim. It was. The home team had the advantage throughout. And it was a complete domination by the by the Carolina Hurricanes over the Boston Bruins in Game Seven, don't you think? How how are you? Just first of all, because you are you doing okay? Thanks for asking, John. I'm actually glad this game was on Saturday because I had yesterday to mentally and emotionally recover and and come back and just reflect a little bit and and look inside for for answers. But I don't really have any. Other than, like you said, this is a team of games, a game of team at home dominating. Uh, the Bruins, just for whatever reason, could not get it going in Carolina this entire series, all four games in Raleigh. They just looked like a totally different team than they did at home. And, you know, that can mean a lot of different things. But the better team won and disappointing. It has a lot of implications for the franchise that I think we'll get into on another day. But I'm hanging in there. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I think, you know, it boils down to last change, right? Uh, I think the the Hurricanes were able to get their matchup, get that stall line out versus the perfection line as often as possible. And it was as simple as that. 
I think the Bruins did over exceed their expectations. They played well. But at the end of the day, in a seven-game series, the better team won. And I think you can agree with me on that. Carolina was the better team. Regular season playoffs throughout the series, period in, period out. Yes, the Bruins had their bursts. The Carolina Hurricanes faltered at some points. The perfection line dragged this Bruins team to a game seven. Without those three players, there was no way they see a game seven. Allmark started this series, struggled. Maybe should have put Swayman in. It would have been a different series. If Swayman starts game one and game two, maybe they steal one and they go to Carolina, maybe tied 1-1. Or back to Boston, tied 1-1, excuse me. Who knows? I don't know. We'll, we'll never know. Hindsight's twenty twenty. No one has a crystal ball. But as a Bruins fan, Good season, bad season, what you expected. What do you think? About what I expected, um, I'm not going to say maybe. You got to say good season and make the playoffs, whatever, go to game seven. But it's not – this is not a great look when, yeah, you added Hampus Lindholm at the deadline and he's a great player and he's under a great contract, but – the window, as we've talked about, is is smaller and smaller. And I, I don't think it's closed yet just because they got some younger team. But the window for Patrice Bergeron might be closed now. He might be done. The way that he was saluting his teammates on the, on the way out and the language that he used in the interviews. And he's so young, but that body has just got so many miles on it. So the fact that we didn't do more with this group, with the potential that we had, at the deadline adding pieces, you look at the teams that win the Cup, they always add those like – those veteran character third, fourth line guys that make a real difference and maybe some secondary scoring, maybe a good defenseman. And the Bruins really only just tip their toes in the water at the deadline. And I think that's something that we can look back at and say, yeah, we should have done more. Well, you look at the game sevens in particular, the impact players in every game seven in this series, Max Domi was asleep the whole series. I texted you. I'm like, did he even play the first six games? He was the best player for Carolina gets three points, gets the game winner. The reason Carolina wins is because Max told me they get him at the deadline, right at the very end yep. of the deadline. Last, literally last trade. Well, let's get Max told me. We'll, we'll throw a flyer at this guy. Carolina had been pretty quiet before that. Another series, Lightning Toronto, Nick Paul, very quiet throughout the whole series. Very good defensively. Very, very good defensively. Make, making impacts everywhere else but the score sheet. Two goals, game seven, game winning goal. Tempe got him for a fifth rounder, if, if I remember correctly. So it wasn't a huge ask. Bruins could have went out and, you know, maybe gave him a fourth rounder, gave him a third rounder, something to mix up that line a little bit. Because at the start of the season, what was the problem? We don't have David Krejci. Our depth is a question mark. They didn't do anything to address any of that. They went from the first game of the season to the last game of the season without making any changes to their forward group. None whatsoever that I, that I can look at. They kept Jake DeBrusque, who had been begging for a trade throughout the season. And he was their best player. Well, not their best. He was a, an impact player in the playoffs. He did, he did play well, which I was surprised. Yeah, he did. And, you know, we can analyze this. Certainly the, the Boston radio this morning has got a lot to say. But I don't know. I, 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 there's only so much you can do. And, and the Bruins, they, they, they play well for parts of the series. They didn't play well when it mattered. And they're out. And that's, that's something we're going to have to live with. You don't want me to twist a knife and talk about how glim their future looks, or should we move on to talk about another series game seven? (laughs) Uh, We can do a whole show on that, but let's save that for the summer. All right. Well, let's go to a team that was down three to one. We forget this series. We're going into game seven, Rangers and Penguins. 
The Rangers were all, all but dead in the water, down three to one. Shashirskin had been playing terrible. They were out of sorts. They couldn't figure out the Penguins. All of a sudden, Crosby gets injured. Deming starts to show his true colors. He's a he's an AHL goaltender. Like, let's not, you know, he, he's had some stints in the NHL. The guy's been in the AHL all season. He's their starter in the playoffs. I said they'll never win a series with him. And they must have heard me because they started Tristan Yari in game seven. Ballsy move to start a goaltender who hasn't played in months. Broken foot gets to game seven start. Wow. That's like, whew, Sully. That, that's a big decision. Crosby's back. You get your leader back. You get your best player back. You're starting a goaltender. Who was your starter during the season? Penguins, things are looking up. I think throughout the series, the Penguins are the better team. Did you think they deserved to lose this game? Because I watched this game, and I, and I feel like the Rangers stole this series. I, I just think that the Penguins were the better team. Well, you got to give credit to the Rangers. Like you said, they were down 3-1 to one in the series. They were down 2 nothing in Game 5, 2 nothing in Game 6. They were down in the third period in Game 7, and they just kept coming back. There's, not, there's no quit in that roster, and I think that's something that, that bodes well for a future, you know, for a, a deeper run here. They're matching up against the Canes next round. This is a team that they're just never out of it. And I think uh, when you've got Shesterkin – even though he didn't play as well in, in round one as he did in the regular season, there's almost a different goaltender completely, you could say. But he still inspires a kind of confidence in the in the guys to say, like, hey, you know what? We're going to stay in this. He's going to keep us in this. Let's go do our job. And and that is kind of important when you're trying to make a comeback. When you're down a couple goals, you got to play a little bit high and loose, and you know that, that Shesterkin's going to have your back. So I think, I think we see a different goaltender in round two, I hope. You know, shake those cobwebs loose, and he's gonna. They're gonna need that if they're gonna, you know, play well in the in round two. What did you think of that three three tie goal? There was some controversy. The Rangers um, had the benefit of a new rule to their side where Lafreniere and Pedersen were tied up behind the net. Lafreniere gets Pedersen in a headlock, and his helmet comes off, and so he has to leave the ice as soon as you you lose your helmet. Now in the NHL, I think it's been a rule for the last few years. He had to leave the ice. Unfortunately. You're in the defensive zone. Unfortunately, it's the third period of a game seven game where you're leading three to two. Unfortunately, the Rangers had control of the puck. This leads to a a high low play. Zabinijad pops out. He gets the puck. Latang's coming back into the zone. He's out of sorts. He doesn't know where to go, whether to pressure the puck, go back to the front of the net. He doesn't know which, which person he's supposed to take. And he's not expecting to come on the ice at that point. When you're watching the game and you're a defenseman, you change up the ice. You're not ready to go. Who knows what he's doing on the bench? So he comes on the ice. Zabinadad pops out. Latang is out of position. Boom, boom. 3-3 game. He goes short side shelf over Yari's shoulder. The Penguins are upset. They were upset. They said Lafreniere should have gotten a penalty. He ripped off his helmet on purpose. Sullivan, after the game, says it's tough to lose a series this way. When it's a penalty, when you lose a series, when a guy obviously rips a helmet off the other guy's head. Did you see this play? Because I have, I have my thoughts. I just want to know, what do you think about this little scrum behind the net? Did he, did he do this on purpose? Certainly looks like it. I'm watching the replay again now. And I, if I'm, if this is the Bruins, I would be pissed. So yeah, I think the Penguins fans have a right to be upset about this. I understand the rule. We got to keep players safe and, you know, it affects everyone at different points in the season, but when it affects you and during a goal in game seven, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. I don't think he does it maliciously. He's not trying to hurt Pedersen. I agree. I think he, he was given an opportunity 
Pedersen gets his head stuck under his arm, and yeah, you're going to give him a little squeeze and see if the helmet pops off. It's a smart play by Lafreniere. It's not a penalty. He didn't do it with his hand. He didn't rip the chin strap down. He didn't throw the, you know, Pedersen's head's under his arm, and so he gives a little squeeze. Why? Everybody would do that. This boils down to just a, a dumb rule in the NHL. I used to love playing and my helmet popped off. First, I'd fix the hair to make sure the bald spot was covered up. Then I'd go rip it around the ice. It was fantastic. I don't know when they brought this rule in, but it's such a bad rule. It's, no, it's, it's not. Come it's on. such a bad rule. Why is it not a bad rule? Guys, that's an easy way to get hurt flying around on the ice oh without gosh. a helmet on. You know, they got concussions it, even with helmets on. Yeah, you're a bad skater. You're not good. It, did you see the L.A. series when Quick lost his glove and they still didn't blow it down and guys are firing shots at his bare hand? They didn't blow it down. They why, why, why didn't they blow that down? I feel like if you want to get off the ice, you get off the ice. And the rule should be you get off as quick as you can. It's not like, oh, my helmet popped off. I have to leave right now. What if it's a one-on-one and all of a sudden your your helmet gets jiggled off or something happens? I don't know. It's a bad rule and ended up biting the Penguins in the behind. Pedersen should have stayed in the play, made sure everything was copacetic, and then left and risked getting a penalty because you're putting your team at a disadvantage when you leave versus the Rangers in a 3-3 or 3-2 game in game seven. It's just like it's a, Sullivan's right. It's it's a dumpy way to lose a series. And yes, they lost in overtime. Yes, Panarin scored. That's all kind of moot when you were winning the game 3-2 with less than a couple minutes to go. So, eh. at the end of the day, the better team did not win this series. That's That's what I think. I feel like the Penguins, night in and night out, were the better team. They controlled the play more often than not. They were the better team in the first period, hands down. The Rangers did show some resolve. Good for them. But it's going to be sad. Malkin played good. Crosby's so incredibly good. Jake Gensel. Jake Gensel, unbelievable hockey player. His his presence around the net, his shooting ability, his ability to get open for Sidney Crosby to find him, it's it's unbelievable. Crosby's had plenty of line mates throughout the years. Gensel has had the most success playing alongside Crosby than anybody else that he's played with. It's incredible how good this kid is. We're going to get him on the show because I know his agent. It's my agent, Ben Hankinson. So we'll get him this offseason once he's, you know, cools down a little bit. He's not a very personable kid. We'll see, you know, how it goes. We'll have to walk him through the interview. But, boy, that, that one goal, the kick to the stick, it's a high stick. But still, unbelievable goal. It, it's it's one of those things where it's the call on the ice. If the ref would have called it high stick, it would have been no goal. He called it a goal, so it is a goal. It was borderline. I thought it was a, a hair high. What are you going to do? It's such an, a great play. Like, to kick the puck like that and then to swat it in the midair, that's pretty impressive. Like, that's a pretty nasty goal. All right, any other notes on this uh, series, Tim? No, no. I want to talk about the Edmonton one. Oh, my gosh. I lost so much sleep over this. The game didn't end until, like, 1245. I'm usually in bed by like six o'clock, six p.m. Like, <laughs> yeah. I I was just like, it was so late, and I was like, LA is going to come back as one nothing. They're going to come back. They're going to come back. They're going to come back. No, Oilers winning seven. I knew it was going to happen. They're too much, too much, too soon. And when you have Connor McDavid, he, I think I predicted it perfectly. LA is a good team. 
they can't compete with McDavid and Dreinside. They're too good. Going into this next series, Calgary can compete with those guys. They have the manpower to compete with these guys, and we'll get to that maybe today, probably on Wednesday. But boy, oh boy, Connor McDavid, what a series for him. What a game seven for him. From start to finish, he was by far, head and shoulders, the best player on the ice. Every time he was on the ice, it was noticeable. He was making plays. He was playing good defense up and down the ice. Uh, Have you seen a better player in a series than Connor McDavid in in a seven-game series? He willed them to wins every single game, Tim. Even the games they lost, he was their best player. It was incredible. Well, that's what you need for the Oilers. to. That's what they need to win, right? And that's what he did. So I think he knew that. And, yeah, he was incredible. That that second goal he scored where he got his own rebound with the backhand where it's oh. just he got hooked and he's still not giving up, trying to wrap around the net, get stopped, still not giving up, loose puck, roofs it over the goalie. Like that's the kind of thing that, that he needs to do for the Oilers to be competitive. And that was just I, – I was watching that live and I think I gasped. I was like, oh! <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so and, good. and everybody's saying how good Mike Smith played. You could have thrown the pads on Tim and won that game. LA had no good uh, yeah. chances. They, <laughs> they really didn't have any good scoring chances. They were out of sorts the whole game. Edmonton control. I would love to see the time of possession of that game because Edmonton seemed like they were on the puck all the time. They were in the offensive zone. If the LA Kings did have any zone time, it was just broken up like that. There was no sustained pressure where you get a couple couple changes in the offensive zone. There was nothing like that. It was It was a complete... 2 nothing domination of a game. Jonathan Quick played really great. It should have been way more than that. Edmonton deserved to win this game, and I'm glad they did. The fans deserved it after years of just frustration. Now they're going to get just – I don't want to bury the lead, but, yes, they're going to play the Flames next round. All right. <laughs> Speaking of the Flames, uh-huh. another late one and another snooze fest. Somewhat. Somewhat. They beat uh, the Stars in overtime 3-2. to two. Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny Hockey, resurrected his career. If if it can be said resurrecting a career where you're really good, he had a down year last year, came into this year, played great. He's been, he gets the overtime winner in Game 7. What more do you want? Calgary advances. Dallas, much like the Boston Bruins, I feel like they overexceeded their expectations coming in. No business being in this playoff round. They played great. Well, they, Jared Odinger played great. Heiskanen played great. Pavelski played great. Those guys played great. Still, Radulov, Ben, Sagan, these guys, Dallas is, they're in a weird situation of a hockey team where they, they don't know which direction to go. But we'll, we'll, we'll touch on them in the offseason. What did you think of the Flames this series? I expected them to just to walk right through the stars. I have them as a Stanley Cup contender. I had, I, they were my pick two weeks ago. Is there a cause for concern here, Tim, or is this good for them where they have this hiccup and they have this little adversity and they realize maybe we aren't that good. Maybe they were drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit because you're going into round two versus an opponent that has some high end players where if you make a mistake, they're going to make you pay. Is this good for the flames to get pushed to seven this early in the playoffs? I don't know. It's making me nervous thinking about that because if they got really like, had they had their hands full with the Dallas Stars? How, the, how could they possibly match up against the Blues or the Avalanche? Like, we talked about them being in the upper echelon of teams, and after the first round, it seems like they're a rung or two below that. Um, and the Stars, you know, are, are a sneaky good team in the playoffs, and maybe, maybe we're underestimating them a little bit. But I don't think that 
the Oilers are necessarily a good test either for them to see how good the Flames really are based on the, the, the team that have to play next to in advance in the Western Conference Final. I think the Oilers are still well below the Blues and the Avs. So I don't know how much we're really learning about the Flames in this series either, to be honest. Yeah, my only thinking is if the Stars were to match up with the Avalanche, which they were going to until the last game of the year when the Predators blew that four-goal lead in, in uh, Arizona – if the Avalanche play the Stars, I feel like the Avalanche just blow their doors off. I, I feel like the Avalanche are so incredibly good. So, uh, who knows? Dallas is a very frustrating team to play. They have a good system. Rick Bonus has those guys playing really, really well as a unit. And they, they made it a series. I, gosh, they were leading in this game. Calgary had to come back. They went in overtime. Good for the Flames. Johnny Hockey gets in overtime. And Sutter, what praise? What did he say about the Stars goalie? You said Jer- Jake, you keep calling him Jared. Jake Ottinger was the, the best player in the whole series, and I think he was right. I saw a tweet this morning, some stats, that his expected saves above average was like over 12, and the next best guy was was uh, uh, Calgary, what's his name, Markstrom, with five or six, something like that. So he's Jared just like, Markstrom. he lapped the competition. Yeah, <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he was the best player by far, and I think this is a good sign. We knew that he was a you know a good young goalie in that in that organization. I don't know that we knew that he was this good too. So, um, really good sign for for them. Can you imagine that little weasel Gary Bettman watching this watching these games, Game Seven? The possibility that we were going to have a L.A. Kings Dallas Stars second round matchup. Just him fidgeting and twiddling his fingers, that little jerk. Luckily, we didn't because that would have been just terrible for the players or hockey-related revenue would have plummeted because no one wants to watch those games. They're not going to sell any merch of a Dallas Stars-LA Kings second-round matchup. No way. They get the sexy matchup now, Battle of Alberta. I don't know when the last time these two matched up in the playoffs. I'm sure everybody's talking about it, but we don't know about it. It's going to be an incredible matchup. And I'll tell you what, geographically, this matchup and the Bolts and Panthers, such an advantage for these four teams. Forever, for whoever moves on to the next round, the travel is absolutely nothing. You get to sleep in your own bed every single night. It's a huge advantage for these four teams and the two teams in particular, whoever comes out. Colorado, St. Louis, that's, that's a plane ride. Rangers, Canes, that's a plane ride. Like those four teams, it's not a lot of travel. But it is some travel, and you're not going to sleep in your own bed every single night. So we'll see. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that when it comes to the Eastern Western Conference Finals if those two teams have somewhat of a slight advantage. But let's get on to the Game 7 that everybody came here for. I've been call – me, call me sadistic. Call me a weirdo. I love watching Leaf fans just in pain. And I love watching them just justify how good Toronto. Oh, this this year was different. You know, we lost, but it just felt different. You know, we you know we were right there with the two time Stanley Cup champ. It felt different, man. It really did. They're good for this team. You guys suck. You lost. You lost. You lose. You you're losers. All of you. You lost. Everybody in Toronto. You've lost in the first round. How many How many years in a row, Tim? Is this five? Uh, five six? or six, yeah. It just feels like yesterday, the first one. I love it. I absolutely love it. They build themselves up. You're up three to two in a series versus the Tampa Bay Lightning, the defended two-time Stanley Cup champions. You got them on the ropes. You're playing great, and you can't close it out. 
And I love it. And I love that you have this optimism for next year. We were so close. You know, this is what we need to do to, to get over this hump. The down, the Tampa Bay lightning went through it. No, they didn't. They didn't go through this. They lost in the first round of Columbus year before that. They made it to the Stanley cup finals. I think they had some success. They won a stinking round here and here and there. They mixed in a playoff win. Toronto hasn't won a playoff round since I think 1982 when I was born there, it's not going to happen. This was their best team. They will not be this good next year. There's no possible way. This is it. This is their team. They had the best defensive group you're ever going to have. This is their best offensive group you're ever going to have. You made a mistake and went with Jack Campbell and he was good. Not good enough. Not good enough. Again, Toronto, and there's no light at the end of the tunnel. This is it. This is the peak. This is, this is how it's in, in this playoff format with the teams in your division. You're this is it. And I love it. I, I love the optimism already for next year. Mitch Marner I'm sick of this. I'm going to get ready for next year. Yeah. And you're going to lose again. You played as good as you're going to play ever Mitch this year. This was your best year. I thought he was phenomenal. I thought Matthews was phenomenal. You think they're going to go this offseason and really bear down like they did last season? And to have the success they had in the regular season, only to have the same result? It's, it's so fantastic. They can't. They're not. We'll get into it at a later date. They're not going to change this. How do you blow this team up? This team is, we were talking about it this weekend, Tim. You cannot blow this team up. You can't do it. Who do you trade? Who do you get rid of? Any trade you make will make your team worse. You're going to get rid of Tavares, your captain? No one's going to take on that $10 million contract and that term left. We'll get into it at a later date. What did you think of this game seven, Tim? Did you, you must have watched it. You were, or were you just crying in a puddle about the Bruins disaster that happened half an hour prior? Uh, (laughs) No, I'm just looking up. I think it's been, if I'm looking at this correctly, 1967 was the last time they won a playoff round. And they won the Stanley Cup that year. No, no. that's not true. Okay, no, no. No. That's the last Lost. time they won a cup. They won playoff rounds. Okay, yeah, 2004, they won one round. Yeah, but they anyway, like when Dougie, Dougie yeah. Gilmore was there. They, they, they've made some runs, but they stiff. But Austin Matthews mm-hmm. scored 60 goals this year. He's the best player ever. Guy hasn't won a playoff round. Great. He made some strides this year. You still lost. You still lost. It's, Braden Point, yeah, this is it, your time. Braden Point went down in the first period. This is your chance. Still couldn't do it. It did feel a little different, though. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like the same pathetic Maple Leafs team. It seemed like a team that was really good that got a bad matchup and they weren't able to get it done. And maybe we've said that before, but I, it just didn't seem the same a little bit. And again, like, you know, part of me wants to say, well, okay, if, if the Bruins and Lightning had flipped, which they almost did, Toronto, I think they beat the Bruins in five. Oh, right? yeah. Yep. So, like, okay, there's definitely some, some matchup luck there. That Toronto hasn't swung. But also, during this five- or six-year run where they can't win a round, they lost to the Montreal Canadiens, the team that shouldn't have been in the playoffs. They lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Like, it's not just like they're losing to these juggernaut teams every year. And sure, they've gotten better as a group, but they haven't gotten good enough to win a round yet. So, yeah, I don't know what you do with this team. And it's not like the people who are in Toronto are jinxed forever. Look at the second round. 
you you brought this to my attention. There's Tyson Berry, Freddie Anderson, Cody Cece, Zach Hyman, Joe Thornton, uh, Nazim Kadri, Zach Bogosian, and my man, potential Norris Trophy candidate, Jake Gardner, in the second round, in the second round of the NHL playoffs. So, like, uh, we, we could dance around this all the time. What are the, Do you get rid of Shanahan? Do you get rid of Dubas? Do you get rid of Keith? They're all up. Their contracts are all up. You know, Shanahan's been there for eight years. What, what do you do? He hasn't got a, got them past the first round. He's I think he's a good executive. Do you have to shake shake it up a little bit? You can't get rid of the players. They're not going anywhere. You're not trading Marners, Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, Riley. Those are the boys. Th- that's your crew. You know, you're going to war with these guys. You went all in on them. So, oh, gosh, it's so sweet. It is so incredibly sweet watching Toronto fail. And I'm a Raptors fan. I'm a Blue Jays fan. I love those two teams. For whatever reason, the Leafs, they just, like, they were literally planning the parade this year. Well, this is our year. I hope we play. We want Tampa Bay, remember? We want Tampa. We want them. That's what you get. This is what Did you, you see get. that video of, uh, again, watching them lose in the square? Just amazing, incredible. Of that one Tampa fan ripping off his jersey as soon as that overtime goal was scored? No, no. And I think that was game six. But, yeah, it was just so good because – you know, he's, he's in the middle of Toronto with a Bolts jersey on. He knows his life is at stake at that point because the Toronto he got years of buildup with just frustration, and uh, it, was, it was very sweet to watch. I love – I told you, my favorite tradition in hockey. It's so fun because they honestly, truly, earnestly believe every single year that this is our year, and I love that. There's a Steve Dangle guy who's a sports net. I love watching his reactions. He just like gets crushed every single year. It's fantastic. All it's right. kind of sweet, isn't it? It's kind of nice. It is sweet. I love We should get him on the show. All right. We're into the second round now. We've got two games tomorrow night. They're giving all the players a reprieve. Time to heal. Time to kiss your wounds. For some teams, that's, that's very much needed. The St. Louis Blues have a lot of injuries that they need to deal with. And they need to deal with them fast because they are facing the Colorado Avalanche, a juggernaut, who just the only team to sweep a team in the playoffs walk through the Nashville Predators without any cause for concern. The only issue was Darcy Kempfer takes a stick in the face. He didn't play game four. Didn't matter. He's healing up. He's got a little black guy, but he's going to be ready for game one. They have a whole cast. Their whole team's healthy. All their staff is healthy. All the wives and girlfriends are healthy. Everybody's healthy in Colorado. And they're chomping at the bit to get going. St. Louis is coming off a tough matchup versus Minnesota Wild. It was a rematch from last year where the Avs swept them four to rip. Regular season results, who cares? He played two games in October and one game right at the end of the year when I think the Avalanche were just already packing it in, so it wasn't really that important for them, which the Avs won, by the way. So we're going into the playoffs. Who do you take, Tim? What, what, break it down. The Avs didn't really break a sweat versus the Nashville Predators, which I thought they would. I thought Nashville would give more of a pushback. They're a physical team. I thought they were going to try to drive them into the boards. Maybe they did. They just couldn't. Colorado was too good. I thought Nashville, I picked them just to, just for fun. But boy, did they look good. The power play looked sharp. McCarr had 10 points in four games. First defenseman in a long time to score three points in three games in a series. When It's only a four-game series. The guy's got 10 points. He's playing out of his mind. Does St. Louis have any chance? I've, I've been looking at the chatter. I've been listening to all the stuff. I've been doing some research. Everybody's saying the same things. 
Both teams are evenly matched. St. Louis, they hang their hat on their scoring depth. They got nine guys who scored 20 goals. They're going to match Colorado this for tip for tat. Colorado's got a better defense. That's where they're going to win this series. The goaltenders is a wash. We'll see how Bennington does. He's going to struggle. Bennington's 3-0. and We played very, very well the last three games of this series. I think he's – I don't know if I want to say reverting back to his Stanley Cup ways, but he played well. I don't think he's going to be the issue in this series. Are you – totally sold on the abs dominating this series like everybody's talking about no I, in fact i think this is if the abs are going to the stanley cup i think this is the, the toughest matchup they'll play this entire time i don't think obviously nashville couldn't get couldn't give them a series i don't see the team from the east competing with these guys as well as i think the blues will just the way that they match up and how strong the blues are from top to bottom they have a little bit of a question mark and goalie like you said but bennington's played well and um, Huso has been played well too. So I think this is a tough matchup for the, for the abs. I could see this at least going six, if not seven, I still like the abs to win it. I think they're the better team, but this is, this would be a great series because the blues are, are a team that like we talked about before they've been here before this, they have great ability to score up and down the lineup. They're never out of the game. They've come back multiple times. And I think the abs, we, they still have a bit of a question mark. You sleep the predators, but almost like, we don't, we didn't really learn much about him in that series, and I think you know not not quite as much as the the Leafs or the Oilers. But there's questions around the the Avs, just like who are these guys? Does McKinnon have what it takes to to elevate his game to the next level? The Ranton, the Landeskog, what is this crew going to do? And I think the Blues will be a really really good test for them. So I, I, it's it's it'll be a good series. I'm not going to give it to him yet. Yeah, I agree. And everybody's talking about the Avs offense. They average five goals a game versus the the Predators. They scored seven goals twice. So it, it just wasn't even a contest. Yeah, the, the Predators were without, were without their goalie. Soros was injured. It, it was just a primer for the playoffs. My issue here is the health of the St. Louis Blues defenseman. Krug's out. Lower body injury. Who knows where he stands? I, I, I did some digging. I couldn't find anything. Nick Letty's spent some time on the sidelines last series. Robert Bartuzzo has been out. Marco Scandella is currently out. When you're playing an offense like the Avs, who they're they're just everybody knows they're good. Can you really get by when you're missing two of your top six defensemen? I don't know. They got by the Minnesota Wild, but that's a completely different animal when you think about the Colorado Avalanche offense. Minnesota's got one good line. Kaprizov. Zuccarello and Hartman, I think, for a while. But when you look at the Avalanche, it's like, man, every single line is down on every single line. They got a dangerous player up and on the lineup. I think the Blues will be fine on the back end. I really do. They they picked up Letty, like I said. He played the game seven, the game six decider versus Minnesota. I think he'll be fine. The key for this series is Colton Perenko. Can he A keep up? with the Colorado avalanche forwards, can he, can he handle the speed of the Rantanins, the McKinnons, the Cadres, all these guys flying up and down the ice, which I think he can, but can he jump into the rush? Can he bang somebody in the corner and get, get up in the rush? Because he did that in the Stanley cup finals when they won the cup, he was a factor on both ends of the ice. He was active. He was up in the play. He was doing everything. He, it was a revelation of this guy. He was six foot six. He's a big body. He was doing absolutely everything. Can he do that? If he can do that, I think St. Louis, I think they're going to be a hard out because you still have Justin Falk, who's a really good defenseman. He really is. Kale Rosen, he's, he's, oh, he's okay. If they can get Krug back, that's a, that's a big plus. 
or get Scandella back, that's a big plus. But I don't think the back end is as big of a chasm, a gap, an advantage for Colorado as everybody's talking about. I don't know, Tim. I like St. Louis. I like what they do. I think they're dangerous on every single line. When you can throw out Saad, Barbashev, and Kairou, Jordan Kairou, who's an absolute burner. Everybody t- McKinnon, McCarr, they're so fast. Kairou's the fastest player in the NHL. He's so incredibly good. He's like, he's really good. He might be the X factor in this. Tarasenko, he's playing great. I don't know. The one issue is Minnesota did have a lot of chances versus St. Louis. They're a run and gun team. They like to go up and down the ice. They want to win a game six to five. They're not overly in, you know, concerned with their defensive zone because they know they can score. They can score with the best of them. So Minnesota did have a ton of chances. There's a difference between a guy like Marcus Foligno getting a couple breakaways a game versus a guy like Ranton and getting a breakaway every game. You, the Avalanche will bury those chances. So if they want to get into that same type of game that they had with Minnesota, the outcome will be different. They need to tighten it up a little bit defensive structure-wise. They need to keep humming along in the power play, and that's how they're going to win this series. I'm not going to give them my pick just yet because maybe, maybe I'm going to pick Colorado. But I do think that this is going to be a harder series than most people think it is. Most people are picking the abs in five, abs in four. I've seen abs in six a couple places, but I do think this is going to be a very difficult series. Getting that off time for Colorado, yes, it's a benefit. They didn't have very many injuries. I don't think it's that much of a benefit to just walk through a team four straight and have to sit around for a week and a half and watch these other guys battle. It's going to be a good series, though. I like the matchup. Avalanche, obviously, still the favorite. But the Blues, I think people are sleeping on them. I slept on them last series. I picked Minnesota just because it's Minnesota. You know, I'm a Minnesota guy. But just based on regular season stats, Blues have a better power play. Blues have a better PK. Blues have a better five-on-five offense. And the Avalanche just a little bit better five-on-five defense. So Blues are better three out of four. Why is everybody so gung-ho bullish on the Avalanche when you just look at the stats in the regular season, 82 games? Blues are better PK, better PP, better five-on-five. And everyone's like, oh, the Avs are such such a great offense. I don't know, man. I don't know, Tim. I think this could could potentially be an upset. Maybe I just don't like Colorado because I picked Nashville, too. Maybe I just got something against Colorado. All right, let's preview the other game that's happening tomorrow. The Bolts and the Panthers. Battle of Florida. doesn't have the same ring as the Battle of Alberta. What, what are we talking about in this series here, Tim? Well, there's a, there's a few things. And one of the things I'm looking at is, you know, Tampa Bay, as good as they, they looked in parts of the series, and they obviously beat Toronto, they did look a little bit winded. They did look a little bit not the same team that we saw in the, in the last two years when they won the championship. And most specifically, Vasilevsky looked pretty human last series. Um, he was pretty pedestrian in the first round, let up more than three goals a game. His save percentage was, was below 900. He made the big saves he needed to make for the most part um, with a couple of blowout games in Toronto. But I think that's something that I'm keeping an eye on with the series because even though Bobrovsky didn't play lights out, he played pretty well and he had a better series stat than Vasilevsky did. So I think that's one of the key matchups that we're, we're looking at for this series and which version of Andre Vasilevsky do we see? Now, that all, that all said... This could be just a matter of, of just, you know, we talked about it with the other players, shaking off the cobwebs a little bit in the first round, and, and now we kind of enter into a, 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 different, a different speed. But that's, that's a, I think, a big important part for this series to get started. Yeah, it's funny going into this. I don't feel confident about either team. Tampa Bay looks shaky at times versus Toronto, and I think Washington was the better team, even though they beat 
if Florida beat them in six games, Washington should have won that series. Every single game, I'm like, gosh, Washington looks good. Florida looks shaky. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Then they managed to squeak out a win because Washington does something and has a bonehead play or this and that. I don't feel confident of either of these teams, which is strange when you're talking about the president's trophy winner, Florida Panthers, and the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion. So I don't know what to do. Florida did have some players. That, Carter Verhege looks great. He's got 12 points in six games. He was their best player, hands down. And Claude Giroux, another pickup at the deadline. He was great. In game six, he single-handedly won that game for the Panthers. He was lights out. He was dishing. He was scoring. He looked fantastic. If Florida has any Stanley Cup aspirations, aspirations, they need to play better defensively. They really do. Ekblad has been okay. Sherrod has been okay. Gudis has been okay. Forsling has been okay. They have to be better. When you're playing a Capitals team who is old, they're predictable. Everybody knows what the Capitals are going to do. You should shut down these guys. They gave them hope. They gave them room to operate. I didn't like what I saw out of Florida. They should have dominated that series. They should have manhandled the Washington Capitals with their depth, with the strength on their back end, and it just didn't happen. Like I said, Washington was the better team in that series. And Florida manages to squeak out a win just based on the fact that they lost Tom Wilson. They're older. Backstrom was playing through numerous injuries we're learning of his career might be over because of hip ailment and they still almost lost. Ovechkin was coming off an injury at the end of the season. It's, it says a lot of the Panthers. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they'll figure things out. Jonathan Huberto didn't look that good. They need to start playing like they did in the regular season. And maybe it's a case of, well, they were running gun in the regular season. They like scoring. They like going out and having fun and just ripping up and down the ice. The playoffs is a different animal. You have to play a different style of hockey. Maybe they can't do it because it's the same case with the Edmonton Oilers as it is with the Florida Panthers. I think if Florida plays any other team in the East, they lose that first round series. If they match up versus Pittsburgh, they match up versus the Rangers. They match up versus every, any other team. Maybe it, Maybe the Bruins. They beat the Bruins. But any other team, I feel like they lose. And I think they would have a harder chance with the Bruins. So I'm not confident with the with the Florida Panthers right now. I'm more confident with the Tampa Bay Lightning just because they did play a great Toronto Maple Leafs team. They really, really did. And they had to battle to win that series. So, so many question marks, Tim, this series. So many question marks. Well, we talked about how good Tampa is to it at capitalizing on other teams' mistakes, whether it's a turnover, whether it's giving up, you know, a power play, that sort of thing. In Florida, on the other hand, they went 0 for 18 in the power play in the first round. Crazy. You, only the ninth time that a team has won a best of seven series without scoring on the power play. So this is that is not a recipe for success. That's not a sustainable, uh, you know, methodology in here. And I don't think it's going to continue. I think they will score in the power play, but it has to be better. It has to be a lot, lot better because you know Tampa's is going to be there. We saw that um, in games five and six, or sorry, six and seven from Tampa. The way that especially that five on three in game six, where they just they're going to score if you give an opportunity. You give them two power plays, they're going to score one of them. You give them three, they might score two. So this is. This is a lot different from what we saw in Florida in the first round. That all said, like I said, Tampa doesn't look the same. Tampa looks a little bit tired, a little bit worn out. They played a lot of hockey over the last couple of years, and I think Florida is ready. I think they're chomping at the bit to to beat this team, and I think they'll be a little bit more high energy. I think they'll be a little bit better scoring. Um, I do see it going, you know, being a deep series, but I, I think I like Florida in this one. Well, are we doing the picks? Is that what we're doing? Let's let's get into it. Let's do it. All right. So let's just recap last. Our, our picks from last series, first round. So midway through, I, I said, Tim, I'm like, Tim, you might go eight. No, 
You know, the Kings might pull this out. The Bruins were looking good. All of a sudden, the Kings came back. Okay, if, uh, yeah, the Penguins were up. Yeah, every, everybody was up. All of Tim's picks were up. Well, lo and behold, the Cows came home. You know, the, the rooster came back to roost. Oh, Johnny Boy was 6-2. and two. Tim was 5-3. and three, So, ugh. I beat Tim in the first round. My losses were the Preds. Listen, I picked the Predators. It was for fun. So I'm really seven and one. And I picked Minnesota just because I have some allegiance with Minnesota. I should honestly be eight. No, that, that should be my record, but I'm not, I'm six and two. What it is, what it is. You're five and three. Your losses were the Bruins, Kings and Penguins. That's behind us. I'm better than you. Next round. Bolts and Panthers. Who do you got? You got the president's trophy champion versus the two time defending Stanley cup. Champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Who's it going to be, Tim? Is it the team that looked a little rusty, but is just scoring like a madman in the regular season, averaging four goals a game? Or is it the team who's been there, done that? But as you say, they've played a lot of hockey. Who's it going to be, Tim? Tampa Bay or Florida? Uh, I'm going to go with Florida. Wow. It's, it's tough. It's close. Yeah. Florida Panthers. Well, I'm going to take the team that's been there, done that. A team that has proven everybody from time and time again that they don't lose two games in a row. Get me to game seven, and old Vassie's going to come through. I'm taking the Tampa Bay Lightning. By the way, I listened to one of those games on the radio, and they got Phil Esposito calling the game. He is hilarious to listen to if you ever get a chance to watch or listen to a Tampa Bay game. He doesn't even call the game. He just sits there like a fan and comments on it. He's like, ah, oh, that guy sucks. What a bad play. Come on, Cooch, get going. What are you doing? Ah, oh, no. Come on. He doesn't even like comment. On, he just has personal intellect and in he has a conversation with himself. It's so incredibly funny and doesn't care because I think he's a part of the ownership group for Tampa Bay. So he just sits there and chirps the players, just says what all the, everybody's thinking. And it just adds nothing to the radio broadcast if you're listening to it on the radio because he doesn't comment on the game. Something will happen. He'll be like, come on, go, go, go. You don't know who's going where. You don't know where the puck is. It's just hilarious. All right. Well, with that being said, I'm taking the Tampa Bay Lightning. How do, how do you, based on the first round of watching Florida, pick Florida? I don't know. But you did. <laughs> All right. The next game, the Avalanche versus the Blues. Who do you have? I think you already kind of – you already know who you pick. Come on. Give it to me. Yeah, I like the Avalanche. Yeah. I, this but, is, again, I like the Blues a lot. I, I knew they were going to win the first round. This is this is going to be close, but I like the Avs. I'm torn again, much like my Minnesota pick from the prior round, where <sighs> I like St. Louis. I have allegiance with some of the players there. You know, I, I'm friendly with a couple of the guys. I know them. I played with them. I liked what they did versus Minnesota. I think this series comes down to discipline. Is Colorado going to get in the same type of penalty trouble that Minnesota did? Minnesota took a lot of penalties, and the Blues took advantage of it. I think the Avs are more disciplined. I think they're not going to get into penalty trouble. So as as painful as it is, I'm going to take Colorado as well. But it will be a tight series. I, I see this going to seven. This is going to be a good, good series, and it would not surprise me if Tampa Bay wins, where it would surprise me if Florida wins. Or excuse me, it wouldn't surprise me if St. Louis wins. All right, last two. Canes, Rangers, Carolina, New York. Who do you got? Both teams again. Question marks surrounding both of these teams. You know, what Carolina team are we going to see? The Rangers. There's a, there's a lot of just bad mojo surrounding both of these teams in a strange way, even though they're making the second round of the NHL playoffs. 
Yeah, this one is tough to predict too because, like you said, big question. I, I'm going to go with the Hurricane just based. I watched more of those games. I know how good they are, and I really was really impressed by that style line. I was impressed by the young kids on the team. I was really impressed with their defense, um, especially that Shea Pesci pairing. They, they just play. They lock it down, and they'll be matched up against Panera and Zabana Jad. So um, they're a really good team. And this talk that Freddie Anderson is going to return in round two, which is going to work in their favor as well. I think it'll be. I actually. I, maybe six, five or six. I don't, I don't think this is going to go the distance. Yeah. I, I'm going to take the Rangers, Tim. I, I think the, the hurricanes are good, but the, there's chinks in their armor. And what did I say coming into this playoffs? I said, the hurricanes are the worst first, you know, top tier team out of those group of, of teams. I think the Bruins didn't really give them much other than that first line. I think the Rangers are balanced. I even like Lafreniere last round. I thought he played well. I like the Rangers. Kreider still continued a scoring way. Panarin and Kopp look dangerous. Vitrano, he's really good. They got good centermen down from Zabinajad to Strom. Even Kevin Rooney in the fourth lane, he's a good centerman. I think Shosturskin, he bounces back. He's going to play much better. I'm taking the Rangers. You're taking the Canes. I like it. Let's go to the last series. The Battle of Alberta. This is going to be a completely different type of series than the first three that we mentioned. I think it's going to just be a slobber knocker. There's some big boys on both sides. Who do you got in the Battle of Alberta, Tim? Yeah, I, I don't see this one being particularly close. I, I would like to see the Flames win this in four or five. I just think they're going to be the, – the Oilers are going to be outmatched, and I think maybe McDavid steals one, but we got to pick Calgary in this one, right? What is – how does Edmonton win, though? And we'll, we'll break this – let's not even get into it because there is a there is a route for Edmonton to win this series. I, I firmly believe that. But we'll, we'll talk about that on Wednesday. But, yes, the Flames were my pick. They really are. I, I don't like what I saw in the first round, but the stars are a tough out. We saw it two years ago. They can be just, just annoying, like a leech on you. They just don't go away. They're going to get a little more room playing the Oilers. I'll tell you what. They're going to go from playing a stifling defensive team to playing the Edmonton Oilers. It's going to feel like you have miles of ice out there. If you're Johnny Gaudreau or Kachuk or Lynn Homer, these guys are like, where is the forechecker? I have so much time and space. I think they're going to blow the Oilers out. I think the games are going to be 7-3, to three. Eight to four. It's just going to be run and gun. Mike Smith will be exposed. He is, I don't want to chirp Mike because we're friends, but he's not the guy that we saw in the first round. Dallas doesn't have that many, you know, high end snipers. The Flames do. Toffoli is going to have a breakout series. I think the Flames are just too much for the Oilers. We saw it in the regular season. It's Flames. It's Flames all day. But there is a way for Edmonton to make this a series. And I know, and I know how they can do it if you just listen to the show on Wednesday. All right, everybody. That's enough. Thanks for joining us. Go to DoorDash. You just heard our points, bet picks. There's our, we always forget the ads in the playoffs. We just get so into it, Tim, but it's okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll move past that. DoorDash, we have a close relationship. They'll understand. But yeah, use our promo codes. Go back to the previous shows and listen to them. Hope everybody had a good weekend. We'll talk to everybody on Wednesday. After the first game, it's going to be fantastic. NHL, baby. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.